0: This is the uh, first time I've been in a church that had so many Steve's in it. I think it's a great thing. (laughs) And um, the name means the victor's crown. That's what it means. So God is obviously crowning you with some victories. Uh, That might be an assumption, but it might be true. You know, you hang on. Amen. I spoke with Pastor Allen today. He and Gail are on their way to Mississippi. They're driving through Texas. I said, can you get gas and water? He said, yes, I can. So they're doing well. He sends his love and his greetings. And um, we. Uh, he and I talked about this several months ago, about me coming and giving him a vacation and giving him a break. And so we booked it several months ago. And then he shared with me that he's on his journey of transitioning out and um, and someone new coming in and um, you know that that creates all kinds of anxieties in people and uh, I know because we did it and I know because I pastor pastors all over the country about 350 of them I work with a team that we're working with and and I've actually been in churches where it's just happened and been in churches where It's just getting set up to do, and I walk through the journey myself. And this is what I know. God loves his church. And he, by the way, is your shepherd. Uh, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And so... We have gifted people that God has set into the church to lead the church. And can I tell you something? I'll prophesy with my eyes open. I don't know who it is, but I know this God has somebody designed for you and you designed for somebody and you are in great hands because the King of glory has his hand upon you. So let's just thank God for that right now. Amen. Thank God for it. I wanna share tonight on a subject called the victorious ones, or Christus Victor, Christ is victorious. The mantra of the early church was this, Christ is the victor, Christus Victor. And those believers, in the face of all kinds of adversity with a religious system against them, a world government against them, persecution coming against them. Their attitude was Christ is victorious, so I am going to be victorious. We will overcome. They were all in, say that with me, come on. All in, followers of Jesus they kept their eyes upon him. Their mindset was, he is victorious, we are in him, so we will be victorious. Our generation has had life pretty good. If you compare our generation with generations 100, 150 years ago, we all have luxuries that were unheard of. We have running water in our houses, unless you're living in Texas right now. We have inside plumbing. How many appreciate the fact that you have some inside plumbing? You know that's better than running to the outhouse. We have electricity. (laughs) We have automobiles. We have air conditioning. We got heat. We have restaurants we go out to eat in. How many are glad they're back? I mean, we have telephones, we have the internet. Right now in our hands, we have these smartphones that are making some of us dumb. Because we're paying more attention to them than we are God. That's all free, that's not in my notes. we We have the world's information at our fingertips. We have life pretty good. In fact, I don't think I'd be overstating to say that we are all spoiled. You can just say that, I'm spoiled. See, so when a little bit of trouble comes our way, we start thinking, man, we got it tough. I think we need to look at life a little bit differently. And I believe a lot of what's happening in our world today is going to be used by God. He didn't create it, but it's going to be used by him to raise up a toughened up church that will begin to push back on evil forces and see the advancement of God's kingdom come into the earth. We gotta stop whining and start winning, come on. Let that sink into you. See, we desperately need an authentic Holy Spirit revival to sweep across this country. We cannot politically fix what is spiritually broken. You can't vote somebody in to make the world a better place. By the way, it is our job to bring another world into this world that is ruled by our God. That's our job. It's not their job. It's our job. You know, right now, the Democrats are saying we're victorious. No, they're not. The Republicans are saying, oh, no, what am I going to do? Can I just say to the church, we're not ruled by them. We are ruled by him, and we need to get in touch with him and allow him to infuse us with his very presence and get a change in our attitude. We need it. See, we need a church that's not overcome by this world system, but one that rises up and begins to overcome. See, we need a church that gets back on its mission. We're called to be overcomers, to live victorious lives, to reach a society that is gripped by fear and be a voice of faith. Say that with me. Come on. A voice of faith, a voice of hope, a voice of love, and a voice of victory. You know, we are, we are blessed people. We live in the greatest country on the face of the earth. I've I've been all over the world. I don't find anybody trying to get out of here. I find people trying to get in here. But our country is what it is because we had some people in the foundational years of it that would not quit. They wouldn't give up. They were persistent. They went after it. Just read you about one of them. At the age of seven, he had to go to work to help support his family. At nine, his mother died. At 22, he lost his job as a store clerk. At 23, he went into debt, became his partner in a small store. At 26, his partner died, leaving him a huge debt. By the age of 35, he'd been defeated twice while running for a seat in Congress. At 37, he won the election, at 39, he lost the election. At 41, his four-year-old son died. At 42, he was rejected for a land officer role. (laughs) At 45, he ran for the Senate and lost. At 47, he was defeated again for the nomination of vice president. At 49, he ran for Senate and lost again. At 51, he was elected president of the United States of America. And during his second term in office, he was assassinated, but his name lives on. I'm talking about Lincoln. Lincoln was persistence personified. He prevailed. He was an overcomer. And he, he was representing this country. But as Christians, you and I are citizens of another king kingdom. And our king has called us to be overcomers. See, when we run into a little bit of difficulty, we get out our crying towel. Don't you know, Steve, there's a pandemic? I have a right to cry. Listen, I, I respect it. I don't live in fear of it. We got a job to do. We got a king to represent. We got to to become people that are not overcome by this world system that we're living in, but actually begin to rise up above it and overcome it and be a voice of faith to people who are scared to death right in front of our eyes. People, I'm going to go to the mission field. The mission field is next door to you. It's who you're working with. It's who you're around. They're all over the place. And we're watching a world fall apart right in front of our eyes. And we don't need to join them. We need to rise up with the Holy Spirit and wake up and become whom God has called us to be in the middle of trouble. Come on. We need to be troublemakers against the enemy in the middle of a troubled society. Come on. Alan told me I could preach on this. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus sat around at his table with his disciples. His last moments with them before he headed to the garden and went to the cross and all this stuff. John 14, 15, 16. This wasn't a, a massive sermon to a crowd of people. It was Jesus talking to his 12 guys and one of them was a was a rat and he starts talking to them John 14 he said I, I'm leaving but somebody's coming do you believe in me most assuredly I say the things that I'm doing the works that I'm doing you're going to do and greater because I'm going to my father I'm going to send the helper, the spirit, the intercessor, and he is going to abide with you forever. He's abiding with you right now. there's disease all over the world. He's with you. He's for you. He'll help you. In fact, he wants you to rise up above it and get involved in the works of Jesus in the middle of it. Come on. He's the spirit of truth. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you an orphan. You're not going to be fatherless. You're not going to be hopeless. You're not going to be left by yourself. Somebody is coming. He is on you. He will be in you. He will help you. You love me, keep my commandments. We will come and manifest, make ourselves known to who you are. John 15, you abide in me, I abide in you. It's all gonna flow through you. The Holy Spirit's gonna come through you. John 16, he starts talking about the Holy Spirit again. He's the spirit of truth. He will guide you into all truth. He, what he hears, he will talk. He's gonna tell you things to come. He will glorify me. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. And the word declare is, the Greek word means it's transmitted to you. Holy Spirit. He's gonna take what belongs to Jesus and transmit it into your life. Now, I've lived a few years. I, I know what antiques are, you know, like transistor radios and, you know, that was high tech when I was in junior high school. But you know, the, those transistor radios They had a dial on them. And when it was all foggy, you could adjust the dial and take the fog out and hear the voice that was in that radio. You know what that dial was called? The transmitter. Holy Spirit will take what belongs to Jesus and remove the fog out of your mind and bring clarity to the voice of God in your life. That's what he's going to do. You're not going to be alone. He's going to be with you. He's going to help you. He's going to clear the airwaves so you can hear the voice of God. He's your friend. He's your helper. Jesus is telling these disciples all of these things. He's and then in the last verse of chapter 16 John, he said this. These things I've spoken to you. What? Spirits coming. He's going to help you. You won't be alone. Truth is going to be around you. Something's going to be inside of you. Someone's going to help you. I've spoken these things to you, but in me you might have peace. <clears throat> in the world you will have, what is that word? Can somebody read it for me? In the world you will have Jesus said that. In the world you will have tribulation, tribulation, But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I think that Jesus is telling us here that we are all called to be victorious. All of us. We are called to overcome fear and anxiety and doubt and unbelief and guilt and shame and condemnation and hatred and bitterness and unforgiveness and spiritual wickedness and the devil and evil spirits and principalities and powers. We are called not to be overcome by them, but to overcome them. We are all going to come face to face with issues that are in conflict with the word of God. And Jesus himself has called us to overcome those things. He's overcome them. He's overcome the world. And when you see the world in the Bible, it's talking about cosmos, the systems of this world. Jesus overcame religious systems, political systems, human systems, demonic systems, religious mindsets, and human weaknesses. 1 John two 16, 1 John 2, verse 15 says, don't love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, The love of the father is not in him. Don't love the systems of this world. Can I tell you this? Every human run governmental entity wants to get big enough to take the place of God in your life. All over the world, they want to be your God. And and you will have to choose who the king is. I appreciated that prophetic word, brother. You have to choose who the king of your life is. Because in this world, they're trying to entice you. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the father, but of the world. And this world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. The Message Bible says this about this. The lust of the flesh is wanting your own way. Lust of the eyes is wanting everything for yourself. And the pride of life is wanting to appear important. The message says wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. Because pursuing what I want isolates me from the father. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. Jesus said this, we are going to have tribulation. There's going to be pressure. Western Christians get under a little pressure and they start this, he doesn't love me. He forgot about me. I've done it. The Lord says, "Steve, when was this ever about you? It's about me. We got to overcome even ourselves." Got quiet all of a sudden around here. We're gonna have some tribulation. There's gonna there's gonna be some pressure. There's pressure in the natural. Whenever something new is born. Barbara and I have three children. I was in the room when they were born. One of them was born in the hallway. There were a little pressure there. Now, I, I didn't feel it, but I prayed her through it. But listen to me. See, we all... God is going to do a new thing. Praise the Lord. Everybody's happy. Well, to get to the new thing, you got to leave the dark place and go through a birth canal. Are you listening to me? Isn't there an easy way to do this? Yeah, don't quit. Get through that canal and step into the new thing. I want to say this kindly, but stop rebuking your pressure. God wants to take you to a new place, and you want to stay back here in the old place. And he said, I got more for you than where you are, but you're going through. Jesus said we are going to go through some pressure. I wish he wouldn't have said it, but he did. You're gonna go through some pressure. You're gonna go through some difficulties to get into the new place. Amen, Steve, preach that, we love it. To get to the new place, you're going through a tight place. Amen? Jesus said there's gonna be troubles, tribulation, troubles. Troubles are an opportunity to grow. And troubles are an opportunity to have outstanding influence upon other people. I promise you this, the world is watching us right now. How are we handling this thing? And if we're acting like them, we have nothing to give them. But if we're ruled by something that's higher and more powerful, they are watching your life. And the day of influence is gonna open up right in front of you, pay attention. Tribulations are gonna stretch you. Bring some tension. And Jesus, not Steve Williams, not Alan Hawkins, Jesus has the audacity to say this. In those tight places, in those stretched out places, in those difficult places, be of good cheer. Jesus said that, have a good attitude. Steve, I want you to prophesy to us. I am. (laughs) Have courage, that's what it means. To be bold, to have a joyful attitude. Say that with me, come on. Joyful (laughs) attitude. And by the way, that is a choice. You choose whether you're going to be joyful or not. It's not what happens to us in this world that identifies us. It's what comes out of us in the day of difficulty. That's what identifies who we are. And in the difficulty that we're living in, we need a joyful attitude. Come on. The kingdom of God. It's not made to drink, but it's a bunch of old guys whining and complaining that their guy didn't get elected. Come on, kick that stuff out of your mind and get some righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost inside of you and get a good attitude. Come on. I have overcome the world. The Greek word is Nike, which means to conquest, to subdue, to have the means of success, to prevail to get the victory. See, we want testimonies without tests. We want victories without opposition. It doesn't happen that way. Only in the western world can you sell that. You can't sell it anywhere else in the world. And by the way, this word works all over the world. To have the marks of success. We don't overcome the world with the world's ways. We don't. God's ways are higher than the world's ways. Isaiah, my thoughts are not your thoughts. They're better. My ways are not your ways. They're higher. Jesus' marks of success were pierced hands and pierced feet and a pierced side. And darkness prevailing everywhere and the hordes of hell shouting out at him, you are forsaken, he doesn't care, you are left by yourself, you are isolated, you are done, it is over. (laughs) But they stuck him in the tomb. Whew. The enemy, we got him. There's a little problem. You can't kill God, and the Bible says that He descended, and then He ascended. And the, the Williams translation has this little story: uh, <clears throat> when He descended, a uh, devil, give him here. G- give me the keys. The book of Revelation says he has the keys, Jesus, this exalted Jesus that rose from the dead. Give me the keys of hell. Give me the keys of death. They belong to me now. You don't own anything anymore. In fact, I have conquested you, Nicao. I have subdued you. In the Old Testament, it was when, when they subdued an enemy king, they put that king's head on the floor, on the ground, and the conquering king put his foot on top of the king's head and stomped on that head because he was the overcomer. Now listen to me. You are called to be an overcomer of what Jesus has already overcome for you. See, he rose from the dead And the story changed history and it's still changing history because Jesus is an overcomer and he has called us to be overcomers. His ways are higher. See, the devil, by the way, never has the last word. The end of the book says we win. There's some Christians that will say, yeah, Jesus was the overcomer. He's the only one. I'd like to challenge that thought, because 1 John four four says, "Little children overcome." That's that's new converts. They overcome because greater is He that's in them than He that's in the world. First John two thirteen says, "Young men, young women overcome the wicked one." And that mindset would be the twelve to forty your age group, because you are strong and you have the word of God dwelling inside of you. Fathers overcome, mothers overcome because they known him who is from the beginning. The book of Revelation, Alan's been teaching it, but every church had promises for the overcomers. People overcome difficulties. Churches overcome difficulties. New Life City, you have a history that God Almighty has built into this place. He has built his presence. He has built his word. He has built his ways. He has built his life. He, he's put them into this place. And there's a reason for it that he's put it in here. You guys would say, Steve, didn't, didn't you hear that Pastor Allen and Gail are, are, are going to? move on and you're talking to us about overcoming can i say this i I, pastor alan is my friend and i'm i'm actually an overseer here i don't know if any of you guys know that or not but i i'm one of three guys that are kind of overseers around here and we look after alan and gail and um i just want to say this as a church you have been blessed with phenomenal leadership And uh, they have done their job. They've laid a great foundation. And and they they were determined to build a word, spirit, Jesus-focused church with a message of the kingdom of God. And and none of those rock-solid values will change in your future. God put them in here. And the minor emotions, say that with me, minor emotions, the minor emotions that everybody in the house is going to feel through this transition period will not stop your future and the will that God has for you that is outstanding. Steve, I've already had some horrible emotions. They're minor. They're going to take me out. They're not able to. We're talking about the God of heaven, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who has said, if you follow me and keep my ways, I'm going to put my spirit on you and in you, and you will be an overcomer. Come on. Those minor emotions will not stop you from going into a better place. Alan and Gail are your your founding pastors. But I was here in the process of this thing. I've walked through the whole thing. And I have to say this. They didn't start the church. Holy Spirit started this church. God did it. And if he started it, It's going on. I had these conversations with my church when I transitioned out. My son is the pastor and he's doing a great job. But everybody had fears. Everybody had doubts. What are we gonna do? I don't know, but I'm gonna keep serving Jesus and I hope you do. Because God started it. And listen, we honor them. And we appreciate them. And we love them. And one of the best ways that you can do that as a church is stay together and be a family and embrace the future and embrace your new leaders and get a fresh fire and an all-in attitude all over again. I could stop preaching right now, but I'm not going to, but that's what I came to say. Get all in. Say that with me. Come on. Say this, we are called, we are called to overcome. overcome. Four of you said it, come on. We are called, come on, called. to overcome. You know, whatever you do, don't become the balcony of the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm way off base. Oh, Jesus, help me. (laughs) You're becoming an incubator to give birth to overcomers in the next generation. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Oh, I was going to retire, Steve. There is no retirement in the kingdom of God. I'm not pastoring a local church anymore. The Lord said, here, I want you to pastor 350 of them. Come on, are you listening to me? See, you're you're not giving up. You're not quitting. You're not dying. You're entering a phenomenal future. Get a thankful, faith-filled attitude. So what do we overcome? Selfishness, self-centered living, whining, complaining, fears, anxieties, hatred, bitterness, the systems of the world, and the voice of accusation, the devil, demonic strongholds. See, We can't, we cannot find ourselves with the identity of the world. This world that we are living in right now, right in front of our eyes, is having an identity crisis. And we don't need to join them. Hallelujah. Uh, our identity is not in a political party, not in a race, not in a nation, not in a gender. Our identity is in him. On, we are anointed and called and empowered to represent or represent Jesus in his kingdom to a world that is falling apart right in front of our eyes right now What's going on oh i'm just going to run and hide I'm gonna tell you something, man. God is gonna get into your cave and pull you out of there until you start believing his word. He will not quit on you. He will not stop. He will not relent. He is gonna have a church that is gonna rise in the earth that is filled with his spirit and have their eyes upon him. And the glory of the Lord is gonna cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. It's not our time to turn over and die and quit and give up and be like the cockroach in the raid commercial with everything up in the air. It's time for ours to rise up and get filled up, and to get the attitude: we are here to overcome. Come on. That was good. Come on, Steve. How do we overcome? I want to give this to you. How do we overcome this world in ourselves in the voice of accusation? Number one is yield to the power of the greater one living inside of you. The internal power of the Holy Spirit is greater and stronger than the noisy crowd of the world that we are living in. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of you. You can do all things through Christ Who strengthens you? I don't wanna hear this. I want you to console me. (laughs) I've been set free. I was a good boy when I was a pastor. I loved people, cared for people, looked after people, but I I have a new job description. I'm called to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. When we transitioned our church, Ernest Gentile, old prophet was there. He said, Steve, God not done with you. He's going to use you to light fires all over this country. We're invested in Albuquerque. Our family lives here. We sowed 27 and a half years of our life in this city. And we got thousands of hours in prayer over this place. And we don't believe the church is supposed to die. It's supposed to come alive in the Holy Spirit. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I was a brand new Christian. This is for new converts. The greater ones living in you. Not for the bald headed old guy that's doing the preaching. Come on. It's for new, I was a brand new Christian. 24, I had a messy past, I junk, just a mess. God pulled me out of the pit, saved my nasty old soul. But I had horrendous nightmares. Every night, they just start coming. Finally, one night I just got down on my knees. I said, God, I know you've saved me. I know you've filled me with your spirit. I can't live like this anymore. You got to help me. Middle of the night, here come the nightmares. And I woke up. Something rose up inside of me and I just shouted it. You get the hell out of here in the name of Jesus. You get the hell out of here in the name of Jesus. You leave me right now in the name of Jesus. I went and slept like a baby woke up in the morning and they have never come back. Now listen to me. I didn't go to any spiritual warfare school. I didn't go to any deliverance conference. I didn't go to any special equipping and, 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 and training class. I didn't, they didn't have any of them, but I had the Holy Spirit living inside of me. And so do you. I'm afraid greater is he. Number two is get the word of God living inside of you. Pray it, read it, meditate in it, say it out loud. The number one trainer of your brain is your mouth, your voice. When your voice speaks the word of God, the spirit of your mind gets renewed with the word of God. I need somebody to preach me and help me. No, you need to read the word of God out loud. Tell me the deep things of God. I just did. Read it out loud. Say it. Say it out loud. Speak it to one another. This thing needs to get beyond some head trip. Get down here in our spirit where it's coming out of us. Apply it. Own it. Let it own you. Number three is keep your faith active. Feed it. We overcome because of our faith. First John, John 5, 4 says, this is, this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Let your ears be open to the gentle nudgings of the Holy Spirit. Pay attention to your intuition. Keep your conscience clean. That's your inner life. Keep those things cleaned out. Your faith will stay active. Don't get grouchy. Don't start complaining. Don't join the club of cynicism. Let your faith stay alive. Revelation twelve eleven says, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and not loving their own lives, even unto death. So the fourth one is this, apply the power of the blood of Jesus to your life. As a new Christian, (laughs) I'm hanging out. You know, when I got saved, I got saved. I moved. I actually moved from the street of the world to Church Street. The world wasn't owning me anymore. I was, wherever they were gathering, I was there. I went to this prayer meeting. These little old ladies, Pentecostal ladies. Sister Miller was the one that had the bun way up in her top of her head, you know. And big smile on her face. She never let it go. You know, plead the blood of Jesus. I'm gonna plead the blood. I'm a new Christian. That sounds weird. <laughs> Pleading the blood of Jesus. I went to Sister Miller. Sister Miller, would you tell me why? You're pleading the blood of Jesus. Oh, Steve, she starts telling me the story of the Passover lamb. The blood's applied to the doorposts, and to the ceiling, and when the death angel came over, you know, that their, their homes were not hurt, none of their children were injured, God protected them because they were under the covering of the blood of the lamb. She starts telling me that Jesus is the lamb of God. And that's why we plead the blood of Jesus, Steve. So the death angel can't get in your house. All of a sudden I'm pleading the blood of Jesus over my mind, over my heart, over my body, over my emotions. When we bought a house, we went through our house and pleaded the blood of Jesus over that thing. We pleaded the blood of Jesus over our kids' bedrooms when they were struggling. My oldest son, who's now a pastor and a great leader, had some struggles in his teen years. I'd sneak in his room at night and sit down beside his bed because he was such a sound sleeper, and I'd just speak the blood of Jesus over him. I'm gonna preach the, plead the blood. Steve, that sounds weird. It might be weird, but I wanna tell you something. It's powerful. It's powerful. There's power in the blood of Jesus. We used to sing that song. There's power, power, wonder, working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. We need some more people singing about the blood of Jesus. Come on, it is powerful. I can't find those songs on the top 10 list. Maybe you need to go to the bottom 20 and find out that there's some power in those songs. Come on. <laughs> I got. One. My wife prayed for me tonight before I came up here, so listen, we need the powerful blood of Jesus. You read your Bible, it's the blood of Jesus that bought you. You've been redeemed. You've been reconciled by the blood of Jesus. You were made at one with God because of the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus owns you, body, soul, and spirit. You are not under the ownership of sin. You are under the ownership of righteousness because of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. His blood, come on, helps you overcome. That first century church faced a lot of adversaries They understood what the blood of Jesus was about. They understood the power of that blood. It cleanses us. It cleanses our conscience. There's a continual cleansing. Revelation says the blood bought people, every race, every tribe, every kindred, every tongue Fifth one is the word of your testimony. There's power in your testimony. I'm gonna share mine next week. God invaded my life. a Couple of years back, he said, Steve, why don't you share that story anymore? I said, it's old news, God. He said, it's not old news to somebody who's never heard it. We all have testimonies of salvation, of healing, of answered prayer, of deliverance. We've got God's stories to tell. When the voice of accusation comes against you, you need to pull out your history. Wait a minute, he came through here, he came through here, he came through here. And the word testimony actually has in the thought processes of it, when it's spoken, it's got faith in it that says, do it again, God. Do it again. When we start telling the stories that are God's stories that are true, it releases the spirit of an overcomer. We have a faithful God. And the sixth one is this, live a life with Jesus at the center. They didn't love their own lives even unto death. Don't love your life. Your life was worthless and you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Love the life that Jesus has given to you. Let go of that old, embrace the new, and let that new life make you more than a conqueror through him who loved you. People say to me now, Steve, don't you know that we got a virus going around and people are dying and you got to run and hide. I, I, I hid for the first month. Made a decision. If I die, I die, but I'm not gonna not live. See, we, we got Christians now. With have Christians, I, I want to say this kindly. I don't want to be arrogant about it, but we got people right now more concerned Christians more concerned about somebody dying from a virus than they are about people dying without Jesus. And I just want to say there's something wrong with that picture. You, you can't threaten me with heaven. You, you can't be threatened with heaven. We all, we've all, we all got an expiration date on the milk carton. We just don't know what day it is. But in the meantime, we need to love the life that Jesus has given to us and love people into the kingdom of God. We need to behold a triumphant, victorious king. He has already defeated the devil and demons and death and the world that we're living in and the systems of the world that we are living in, we need to behold a victorious, triumphant king who rules the nations of the earth and give him praise and honor and glory and join with him to see the kingdom of God invade the world that we are living in. The mantra of the early church was he is victorious, Christ is Victor, and it will become the mantra of the end time church. There are no victims. I've read the book of Revelation, studied through what's in heaven. I can't find a victim in there. There's no victims in heaven, come on. There's victors. So let's bring some heaven into the earth that we're living in. Amen? Amen? So what am I saying? Don't be shocked and traumatized by a little trouble. Jesus has called us and empowered us to overcome. Our mantra, Christus victor. Let's give the Bible and prayer more time than the news and social media. I'm just hiding, because I know you're gonna throw something at me. God is not surprised at the issues of the day. Let's be of good cheer. Let's have some courage. Let's let let let's get some some backbone and a little bit of boldness inside of our lives. And let's have a joyful attitude. Amen. In the world you will have some tribulation. Smile. Be of good cheer. Let's stand together. We're going to sing a song and then we're going to participate in communion together. But right now, I know this is fun and I can preach away at this stuff and I got a little fire because I got a little gift from God. But you don't have to be a prophet to know right now in this room and watching online, there are people that are in the middle of tests and in the middle of trials and in the middle of tribulation. Can I just encourage you? Begin to lift up your voice and thank God for his goodness in the middle of your mess and give yourself to giving him praise, no matter what the situations are, and you will begin to see life from his perspective. So just before we sing this song, and I know they're passing the elements out right now, but before we do that, can I just get us to do this, set that element thing down right now, and no matter what kind of trouble you're in, test you're in, trial you're in, let's Let's do what the Bible says. Let's give thanks to God in the middle of it. Let's lift up a voice and shout to him with a voice of triumph because he is in you and with you and helping you. Come on, let's do that tonight. Let's, let, let's give him. Come on. Come on. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voices up. Come on. Give him praise. Someone could be here tonight. Someone could be watching online. Never really surrendered your life to Jesus. Or you could be a long ways from Him, have known Him, and just are far away. Well, you you can come home to Jesus today. You can come home tonight. And it's as simple as A, B, C. A is to admit that you need a Savior. There's something missing in your life. God will fill that with his presence. The B is believe. Believe in the Son of God. He left his place and he came to our place On the cross, he took our place so that we could be with him again in his place. We believe in Jesus in what he did for all of us. And we confess him as the Lord of our lives. So if we're there tonight, if you're online and you're watching with us, we want to all pray this, prayer together tonight. I'm going to lead us in it. You pray it after me, but just pray this simple prayer with me. Father, thank you for sending Jesus into this world. I confess tonight that I need a Savior. I invite you to come into my life. I ask you forgive my sin. In Jesus, I confess, I'm no longer my own and I'm no longer my own boss. I belong to you. You are the Lord. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or you prayed it online tonight, If you would contact us here at New Life City, someone will get you material and get you connected and get you on a path to a brand new life. For those of us here tonight that belong to him, I want us to understand that it's because of his broken body and his shed blood that you and I can be more than a conqueror in the world that we're living in. It's because of what Christ did for us. Isaiah said he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities, all of our sin and in all of our confusion. He took it upon himself so that we could have his peace. And by his stripes, we are healed. That was his body. That was shed for us. So Lord, tonight, we thank you for your broken body. We don't take it for granted. We are thankful for it. We say thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Let's eat together tonight. we thank you for your blood tonight that you shed for all of us. Scripture says that Abel's blood was crying out. Crying out because of injustice. Well, the just one shed his blood, Jesus, and his blood is crying out tonight mercy and grace for all of his blood. It washes away all of our sin. It doesn't cover it. It cleanses it. It's gone. As far as the east is from the west, your sins are forgiven you. Lord, we thank you for the power of your blood tonight. We bless this cup. Let's drink together. Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. If you're here tonight and you're really in some struggles and you need some help, you need some prayer tonight, there are people that are trained that will help you and pray for you tonight. As we close out in this song, if you're looking for some ministry tonight, please find your way up here. Someone will pray for you. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Come back next week for the third exciting edition of Steve Williams.